Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yo, 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 welcome back to the show. What a show we have for you today. All the things that we cover from binge drinking to Tupac is alive. That's right, I said it. Tupac Shakur is alive. Coming up in the show, I'm also finding out that I live with a, I'm living with a criminal. Who knew? Who knew? Get in touch with us. Follow us on Instagram at HelloStevo. Facebook, Stephen Mullen Comedy. Or send in more of your stories, your messages, your emails into HelloStevoPodcast at gmail.com. So much to do, so little time. All right, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for coming back to the show for, what is today? May the 6th, 2020. Wow, we're in May already. Fucking hell. The time is flying or is it flying? I don't know. How are we all feeling? It's another sunny, sunny, sunny day in Dublin. I'm getting that awkward tan where, like, because I have the receding hairline, like... I, I hate saying receding hairline because it's not actively receding. It's always been like that. And I know you're all going, yeah, 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 that's what they all say. But I'm telling you, it just it just goes back up there. Well, I've got the awkward tan line because I'm wearing my cap going running, getting loads of sun on my face. My face is lovely and brown, but my <laughs> my uh, my my posh driveway, as my brother calls it, <laughs> my posh driveway is pretty bloody white. But it's lovely to have the sun out. I hope you're well. Wherever you are, I wanted to start today's show by doing a massive shout out to two friends of mine, Tom and Imogen. I wanted to say a huge congratulations to you on the birth of your baby. I'm absolutely delighted for you. Man, is it hard times to be having a baby. It's tough, but more power to you. Congratulations. I'm glad everybody is well and safe. It's different times having a baby now in the hospital because this is, ugh, it's kind of heartbreaking. But I don't know if anyone else is going through this. But the man in the, in the heterosexual having a baby relationship, the man in these times is not allowed into the hospital. Fucking heartbreaking, isn't it really? Like the poor, the poor woman has to go through the whole thing on, on her own. On the other hand... Maybe there's plenty of women out there that have had babies or are having babies or they'd rather the fella wasn't there. (laughs) 
But there you go. Anyway, I'm not going to go into all the details of that, but I just wanted to say a massive congratulations to you guys on the birth of your baby. Hope you're staying safe, and I hope um, you're staying well. And considering, I'm glad everybody's home and and everyone you're you're together as a family. So huge congratulations uh, to you guys. Susie also got in touch there recently. Um, Susie, I think Susie's the one who keeps slagging me all the time, but I put up the promo for the podcast last week. You know, just a silly video of me kicking a football. Susie says, you look like the scary murderer from You, the TV show. Thanks for that, Susie. I don't know if Susie was the same person that the the previous week said I looked like an AIB clerk. I don't know. Some people just send messages thinking, I don't know if they think it's a compliment. I don't know. I'm just having a crack. You look like a murderer. Thanks for that. I'll work on my promo for my podcast from now on. Jesus. Just to clarify... By the way, on the TikTok situation during the week with the fart and my girlfriend, um, if you haven't seen it, I think it's gone already, but I did a silly, like, three-second video of zooming in on my girlfriend's face with a fart noise, and everyone's going, gee, she's, if looks could kill, she'd kill you, Stephen, huh? For farting like that. Everyone just assumes that I farted. I didn't. I made it that way to make it look like she had farted, because let's be, be honest, ladies. It's 2020. We've got a bit of equality. The girls are dropping bombs loud and clear without any shame as as much as the lads are. And my... <laughs> I know I'm kind of hanging her here, but my girlfriend is is as bad as, <laughs> as bad as me. She's as bad as me. Oh, jeez. I better not. She's as bad as me. But anyway, that video was neither of us farting. It was a fake fart, for fuck's sake. Although I was trying to make it look like she had just farted, but it didn't work considering the look that she uh, she gave. But... Anyway, nobody farted. It was a, it was a, how would you, a sound effect that I put on, filming her while the fart happened. Anyway, lots of you enjoyed it, even though you assumed that other people were farting. Kira also got in touch to say, oh, Kira was the scientist, that's right. I had great chats with Kira during the week. The lovely scientist who's now working in a medical lab and she's testing COVID-19 and all that crack, um... And she only listened to the show where she got the shout-out the other day. And she said she was crying listening to the podcast. The amount of people... I'm a comedian, right? The amount of people that get emotional, that I'm getting texts that people are crying listening to the podcast. That's not what I'm trying to do here. Talk about backfiring. Kira said she was crying listening to the podcast when she heard her name read out. And the message, uh, the way I read out the message, apparently made her sound so nice instead of the, these are her words, instead of the thundering cunt that she is. Kira, that's not a way to talk about yourself at all. Her words, not mine. I mean, the C word, the C bomb. I can't believe I dropped it in there. Now, if you're listening to the US, I just realized that now. Uh, For the people listening in the US, a lot of people out there find it quite... Like, hugely offensive, the old C word. Like, massively. Whereas, I th- I remember even moving to Dublin, it was kind of like, I-, I remember kind of just saying it in conversation and stuff, and people found it quite offensive. I think a little bit outside Dublin, people use it a bit more flippantly. It doesn't have the gravitas of, like, like real dark, na- it's, not, it's not supposed to be nasty. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd call someone a funny cunt as a compliment, you know? Um... But anyway, uh, so yeah, people listening to the States, I hope you're not fi- finding that too offensive. So I'm just going to assume, Kira, you're not from Dublin. I'm just going, sure, I'm tired of thundering cunt. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, 
it was you were you were a nice person. I'm not gonna make anyone sound like I can't read out a message making you sound like a cunt, can I? I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know, you're sending me your letters and messages and all that. I can't make you sound like an asshole. So that wouldn't be. Uh, the way to go. I'll just get in trouble for doing that. Mike got in touch as well to say he this more more backhanded compliments. Mike got in touch to say when is Jenna coming back? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show, Mike. When's Jenna coming back? I I'm I'll be honest with you all. I miss Jenna too. Um, haven't talked to her since uh, the high. Well, the what was originally going to be a hiatus for the podcast, and then lockdown happened. Um, and uh. I suppose I just I just need to drop Jenna an email, see how she's doing. Um, I don't know if she's working or if she's on lockdown with her lover. But it's a good shout, Mike. I'm going to get in touch with Jenna. Um, I, I meant to send her a message today, actually, before I recorded, but I will send Jenna a message, see what she's up to. We got to get her back on the show. Surely Jenna's got some top lockdown tips. For sure. If you haven't um, heard Jen on the show, if you're new to the show and you haven't heard Jen on the show, Jenna was on the show quite regularly. If you look back through the old episodes and any of the episodes that have weird sounding names, that's an episode that Jen is on. So I know there's one episode called Anal Garlic. So that's where we talked about anal and garlic. Um, And I don't think at the same time, I can't remember, but Jen is very funny. So check her out from Portland, Oregon living over here in Ireland so check her out if you want to um Kerry again I think Kerry oh yeah Kerry wanted to know I posted a photo of me cooking sausages during the week my post sausage consumption I I, I, the other day I just had some sausages left in the fridge fried them up lovely to have after a run although I probably shouldn't be eating that stuff but Kerry's married to an Irishman and she she said wanted to know she wanted to know what was Irish men's obsession with sausages now I didn't know that that was a thing, um, but you know, I, I do love a good sausage. <laughs> um, and do Irish men have an obsession? What What do you think, lads? We have an obsession with sausages. Maybe if you're, I think Kerry's in Canada. Maybe if you're over there, that it would seem that Irish men have a, a, an obsession with sausages. But you're married to an Irish man. I would say Irish people in general like a good sausage. Um, we do love, like, I remember moving to Dublin and experiencing Granby sausages for the first time. They're lovely, gorgeous sausages. But then you can also get, it's part of the fry. It's a staple of an Irish fry, you see. So that's why Irish people love sausages. Uh, and, you know, there's all t- types of sausages. And you're not, we're not talking about Frankfurter kind of thing. They're just sausages, like Irish sausages. You know, I remember, I don't know if anyone out there remembers, like Super Quinn used to do, like, uh, sausages that were just like, whew, they were they were some sexy sausages. They were like, um, if if Protestants made sausages, do you know? What I, mean? <laughs> I think no. Um, I don't know what it was about. Like they were they were longer and thinner. But whatever herb kind of concoction they were putting into the sausage was just unbelievable it was gorgeous but then the the granby sausage which is the sausage that i put up on instagram that i was cooking is like it's it's kind of smaller and there's something just dirtier about it you know it's just like ah i remember i used to work with a load of women from from town from the inner city here in dublin and they used to make an old school dublin coddle now a lot of you out there i'm I'm the fucking clue what a coddle is even people outside even irish people outside of dublin wouldn't have have a clue what a coddle is it's a it's a it's a dublin style of stew um and uh, it's probably a bit of an acquired taste but 
they used Granby sausages in the coddle. So a coddle is a kind of a stew, but you put uh, sausages into it, but you put them in raw. You don't cook them beforehand. But over the course of the long cooking of the stew in the hot water, it kind of poaches the sausages as opposed to having them crispy and, and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of look raw when they come out, but Jesus, it's gorgeous. It's kind of in a really potatoey, vegetable-y broth. It's a very different type of stew to a traditional Irish stew. Um, I'd never heard of it before I'd moved to Dublin. And I was living in Dublin years. Like, even, I'd say there's people on, like, in the suburbs of Dublin that don't even know what a coddle is. Um, but, yeah, Granby sausages in a Dublin coddle. You won't get more Dublin than that. Absolutely uh, gorgeous. So, I don't know if Irish men in particular have an obsession with sausages, Kerry. But sausages in general, when you do come over, just maybe just shop around and try the different types. Try your Grambys, try your Super Quinn, try your Kearns' sausages as well. Classic. Kearns' sausages. Mm. I mean, Galti's a bit more mainstream and all that because of Kearns' sausages. Jesus. Katie also... Oh, yeah. So here's when you try to be nice to somebody. I gave Katie a shout-out for her birthday, and she fucking texts back going, you got the wrong age. I'm not 30. I'm 33. Which I don't know why you'd want to make... Surely you would have taken that as a compliment. I don't know why you're taking that as, like... You got my fucking age wrong. Um. So, anyway, Katie's 33. So, happy birthday. I know it was a week ago now, whatever, but hope you had a great day in your Nike Air Max. Thank you also so much to Hazel Griffin... Um, who is uh, back in Ireland, used to live in Switzerland, I think she was saying, but she did the most amazing and kind thing ever of she sent some snoods um, to me for my daughter, which is, so Hazel makes snoods. Now, if you don't know what a snood is, it's, um, they were big with footballers for a few years. I remember we, we all tried to wear them in training and stuff. It's basically, it functions as a scarf, except it's just one wrap. It's not a big, long thing. It's just you put it over your head and it sits around your neck. It can cover your face as well. Um, and uh, so Hazel makes snoods, was listening to the show, said, my daughter sounds lovely, and asked me what kind of a girl she was. Was she a girly girl or was she an adventurous girl or was she a tomboy? And then she sent up two snoods that she made herself, handmade snoods. Now, obviously, it's not the weather for it now, but my daughter was delighted. Uh, so thank you very much to Hazel Griffin for the lovely snoods. And she does sell them. So if you're on um, the old Instagram, ladies and gentlemen, check out at Hazel Spells. Uh, to see the kind of snooze that she makes. Thank you so much again. You're very kind. And my daughter was delighted. Um, even though she didn't put them over her head, she tried to put them around her waist. Blah, blah, blah. Um, there you go. Uh, David also asked, is it okay to wish that you lived with your friends instead of your wife and kids? Um, I think that's fair enough, David. You know, I think it's okay to wish these things. We do... Um, obviously he's talking about in the course of lockdown is it okay to wish if you um, lived with your friends instead of your wife and kids yes it is okay to wish that in a moment but obviously like now we can't people be getting angry at that and going you know that's such a sexist fucking misogynistic thing to say or blah blah David I'm sure your wife feels the exact same as well at times so that's natural that is natural keep going guys keep going strong I know it's tough Uh, look it I've had my moments, and um, uh, do I wish with... Yeah, it's just... Sometimes it's just the talking, David, isn't it? It's the amount of talking that there's no silence. 
and you can't get any silence in your head and you want to go out for a walk but you've had your exercise for the day and you feel guilty about going out again and you do miss your friends you do but obviously the zoom calls are the way to go and you have your trips to the pub here as well but the, you know i've been doing um, the zoom calls and having pints on zoom with my with my um with my dad and my brother and with we had a comedians one last night as well which is great crack so keep in touch with your friends lads not very good at keeping in touch with each other in general so check in with your mates and do make the effort to make the appointments to set up the zoom calls so that you all do sit around and have a bit of crack and a bit of lads humor um because we just need to be stupid and silly and yeah talk rubbish sometimes together um oh yeah so i was i couldn't i was fucking i'm embarrassed to be honest with you but like especially because i worked in kitchens but i was on instagram the other night and I shouldn't even be Instagramming it, should I? I couldn't clean the kitchen. I was just... I'm sure we're all getting stuck in the, these ruts with the simplest, most easiest of jobs. And I just had to clean up the kitchen when the girls had gone to bed. And it was just... I was on my phone and I was just sitting there. And then the same thing fucking kicks in. You end up... Because you're not doing anything, I end up eating. I had to put the parmesan into the box and back into the fridge. And I can't do that without fucking eating more parmesan. Just clean the kitchen. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And Amy texts in to say, I am going through the exact same thing. Me and my sister are the same. And we can't clean up the kitchen without eating Nigella's moist brownies. Now, I did write back to Amy and said, please, we're in lockdown. The imagination does wonder. Please do not put Nigella and moist together in the same sentence, okay? It's tough enough in lockdown. Thank you also <laughs> to everybody else who was uh, enjoyed the the running episode last week. And so many people out there are doing great things by just getting out there, doing the couch to 5K. Loads of people sending in their times um, and their progress. And I think it's a great thing to do. Uh, I was talking to my sister was like, I'm not going on one of because the, there's this social media kind of running app called Strava. And I'm on that if you want to uh, check that out. And it's just a great thing to do because all it does is it posts your run or your walk or whatever it is that you did that day. And... Um, as opposed to putting it on Facebook or Instagram and all that kind of stuff, because if you put it on there, some people will just be like, ah, fuck off with your exercising. But Strava is just for exercising, so it's a great way to encourage people, and it's a great way to kind of like if you're exercising, um, and you're using, you can use that, you can use the Strava app to do your, to time, uh, to time your runs or to measure runs or whatever, and just turn it on and it'll naturally upload. Or else you'll have your own, uh, you might have your own monitoring system. Like I use a Garmin watch, so that naturally syncs with my Strava app, and um, it just posts up there. But it's a great way of just encouraging each other and stuff. So all my mates who were not even in the same country, I've got a friend in uh, in Australia who's fucking doing crazy long runs because he's going, he's training to do an ultra marathon, which I think is a hundred k crazy stuff but i get to watch him do his training in sydney my cousin is over in in london um 
Uh, his mom is back in Dublin. I've got another cousin in Singapore. Like literally people all over the world. And you just get to all that thumbs up that you get for every exercise, bit of exercise that you've done. It's just a feel good factor. And it's a community of people that are just trying to do their little bit. My auntie's doing walks. My cousin, One of my cousins is doing runs. My sister's doing very short runs. My mate is doing the ultramarathons stuff, you know. So it's all levels. And it's a great way just to encourage people in what they're doing. Because you can see when somebody knocks their time down or when you've got a fair play, that was a great run or blah, 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 blah. So it's great. It's just mine. I'm on Strava under Stephen Mullen. Um, I think that's just it. And uh, yeah, keep going. Everybody who's doing it, enjoy. The weather's amazing for it as well. I did uh, I did my first, I think it's the second time only ever that I ran 15 kilometers. And I ran it uh, there during the week on Sunday. And I, I was, because the training program I'm on says that you have to do it at a very slow pace. It was amazing. I came back like just feeling so great there was no pain during the run it was all about just getting the run done so you just pace yourself nice and easy it was beautiful the sun was shining you know um, the farm work in the farmer's tan so get out enjoy it the restrictions have been lifted a little bit more so now you can go even further so um well done to everybody getting out there keep sending the messages in and i'll just keep going fair fucking play to you well done all right time for some news some news that's not depressing <gasps> Now, obviously, there's news on all the time, but we thought we'd just do a little something here to give you some news from a different angle so that we're not hearing all the same stuff that we're hearing all the time. Because believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, there is some news out there that is not that depressing. For example, Tupac Shakur is alive. No joke. This is a real story coming from The Guardian last week. Kentucky governor ends beef with Tupac Shakur over unemployment check. Listen to this. In a televised a televised briefing, the governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, said, We had somebody apply for unemployment for Tupac Shakur here in Kentucky. And that, some, and that person probably thought they were being funny. He continued to accuse the alleged bad apple for delaying payments to other people. One person thinking they're funny using somebody else's identity is going to make tens of thousands, potentially, um, of other people wait. But Tupac Shakur, a 46-year-old line cook from Lexington who applied for unemployment after his restaurant closed down in March and was still was still wait, waiting to receive his first check. He said, I've been struck. This is a real guy, the real guy. I've been struggling for like the last month trying to figure out how I'm going to pay bills, Shakur told Lexington Herald, Herald leader. According to local reports, Shakur legally changed his name because Shakur means thankful to God in Arabic. Governor Andy Bashir uh, has contacted, contacted Tupac Malik Shakur to apologise for delaying his unemployment check because he believed he was impersonating the deceased rapper of the same name. And now the beef is over. What I, what I, how did that even get to a news press conference? How does that the governor of Kentucky in a news conference have to be given out about somebody, an individual's unemployment check? Imagine they did that in Ireland. Um, <laughs> Like yeah, the 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 mayor of Dublin is getting on the microphone talking about bleeding. There's some fella who's after who's after claiming unemployment by the name of Roy Keane. Now he can he's he's stopping loads of people from getting paid. <laughs> 
Anyway, glad that Tupac Malik Shakur is getting uh, his unemployment check. This one also comes from Germany. Firefighters in the town of Wirl, I'm going to presume it's pronounced, in Western Germany, tackled an unusual emergency late on Monday when a tank at a local firm that makes liquid chocolate overflowed and poured out onto the street. That's not a bad mishap to happen, is it? About a ton of chocolate ran out into the yard from there into the street, a spokesperson for the Viral Fire Department said in a statement. Why did the fire... I, yeah, the poor old fire department get called for all sorts of stuff. I was going to say, why the fire department? But sure, who else are you going to call? The firefighters closed off the street and shoveled the chocolate. About 108 square feet of chocolate. Wow. Would you, though? Would you eat it? Would you? i definitely stick my finger... Like, because... Some of it you know definitely hasn't touched the ground. I'd definitely stick a finger in and have a lick, you know? Anyway, 108 square feet. Um, they had to shovel it off to one side before a specialist cleaning company was called. I'd say that is a first. A specialist cleaning company having to clean up the streets of uh, chocolate. Um, what else have we got here as well? Oh, I love this one as well. This is true. This Oh, sorry. The, the last one about the chocolate was reported by NBC News. And this last one here. Amazing. Uh, Problems at Disney Island. This is reported by CNN. A man was arrested for camping on on Disney Island and he told the police that he didn't know he was trespassing. Would you go way out of that? Oh, apparently this island looks like a tropical looked like a tropical paradise. The man was taken into custody on Thursday. He had been on the island since Monday or Tuesday to camp for a week, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Office report. Walt Disney World and Disneyland Parks have been closed because of the coronavirus, obviously, as everything else has been. The man was charged with a misdemeanor of trespassing on posted property, uh, and Friday post and on Friday he posted bond. He had scheduled. He had a. Uh, he has a scheduled court hearing in June, according to the uh, court clerk's office. Early on Thursday, Orange County Marine deputies spotted the man and warned him from a public address system that he was not allowed in the island. That's awkward, isn't it? <laughs> so he's on some tropical-looking island, and the only way that they can contact him is by going over the the tannoy. Excuse me, sir, you're not supposed to be in here. To get to the island, he would have already have to have passed no trespassing signs and two closed gates, the, the report said. Deputies launched searches for the man on foot, in a boat, and on a helicopter. And when he claimed, uh, when he was caught, he claimed that he did not hear them because he was asleep in one of the island's buildings. How big is this island? The man was warned that he may never return to Walt Disney World properties. Banned from Disneyland for life. Jesus. I can't... There's hardly too many people have been banned from Disney World for life. But anyway, that was this week's not-so-depressing news. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Hope we put a smile on you. They're all true stories, real, real news sources. But anyway, I think it's time, before we talk about this week's subject matter, this week's topic... It's time for what you've all been waiting for, what I'm definitely dreaming a lot about. Time to close your eyes and get nostalgic, baby. Just close your eyes and relax, and let's put ourselves back, back in the pub, all of us together having a pint with a very special guest this week. Mick, can I get another pint of Corona when you're ready, please? Thanks. Jesus, I am sweating under this bleed mask. 
I'm sick of drinking me pint through a straw, but needs must. Did you see this woman in America, Paddy? She went into a shop and she was wearing her face mask, but she had a hole ripped in the middle of it down the front. The fella in the shop asked her, what's that for? And she said it was so she could breathe better. <sighs> That's just stupid. The mind boggles, Paddy. How are the men? How are you, Barry? Good Jesus. Who is your mate, Barry? Oh, that's Lady. She's a singer from the States. Why is she wearing a load of cairns and sausages? It's a vegan protest. Oh, do me a favour. Take my hand Stage over Heaven's not ready Sausages there, you're gonna use the
You would miss the pub. I really do miss the pub at the moment. And as you probably all saw in the news, maybe it happened if you're over in the US, but in the news yesterday, I think, the Irish Vintners Association, is it the Vintners or the the um, like the pub association, shall we say, um, had asked to see if, cause if the pubs could open six weeks earlier than, um, than the government originally said. So they came up with a plan to kind of pitch to the... Because obviously they want to be making money. They've been closed for a long, a couple of months now. And they, according to the new government plans, they are going to be closed for even even longer. Those of you who aren't listening in Ireland, the, our, our gorgeous Taoiseach um, came out. And, uh, well, he, he came out a long time ago because he is actually gay. But I don't think... Anyway, I'm not getting into that now. But um, I have to say, there was a lot of shit about him he was on the Late Late Show last Friday, and it was unnecessary. Like he was getting unnecessary stick. Whether you feel like I, I'm not getting into political things. So I don't. I wouldn't vote for him anyway. But that's not the point I'm making. He was on the Late Late Show, which is our chat show over here in Ireland, and it's on on a Friday night. But they had just released this huge plan to unwind the lockdown in Ireland over the course of the next few months. That day. And uh, he went on the Late Late Show so that he could talk about it and he would have a platform to be able to talk publicly about it. And um, in the middle of it, he took out his notes from his pocket as to the plan. But they'd only negotiate, they'd only like, they'd been negotiating this plan for, for days. They'd only finished, come out, like, come out that day to let the people know what the plan was for the next few months. So it's all very, you know, in the moment, boom, 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 boom. He turns up to this chat show. He takes his notes out from his pocket and people are going mad on Twitter. So unprofessional, blah, 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 blah. Nobody points out the fact that he's been interviewed by, like, I, I'm not saying anything bad about either of these guys, but Ryan Tubbery keeps cutting across him. He's trying to make a point. He's answering the questions that are being asked of him. And Ryan Tubbery keeps going on top of him and cutting him off and not letting him finish a thought. So it does get confusing, and the, the, the five-stage process that is happening over the next few months is, like, it's complex. But anyway, I have to say, I, I think he's, I think he did a good job considering it was so brief. He didn't have the whole complex um, lockdown plan in his head when it was just made that day so he just he didn't want to be giving people wrong answers which is fair enough which other leaders will have no problem with giving you false news fake news anyway the problem here for in ireland is that the pubs aren't due to open until at least august which is a that's another while away yet but apparently yesterday, publicans have, uh, this is an RT News, publicans have proposed a plan a plan to convince public health officials to allow bars to reopen six weeks earlier than planned under the government's roadmap. Pubs are not scheduled to reopen until August. But two representative groups are hoping that new arrangements could see pubs opening from the end of June, along with the cafes and restaurants. So, the, yeah, the cafes and restaurants are opening in June, but the pubs aren't being given the go-ahead until August. The Licensed Vintners Association um, of Ireland have written to the government accepting an invitation to discuss the roadmap and its implications for pubs as a matter of urgency, which is fair enough. People's jobs are at stake here. The two organisations are proposing strict protocols for staff and customers to allow pubs to reopen while continuing to protect public health. The measures include confining the number of people sitting at a table to six. Ha! 
No more than four people every 10 square meters. <laughs> and table service will be a requirement. I just, I mean, that's the bit I love, table service. But it's just not an Irish, it's not a pub thing to do to be sitting at the table going, uh, service there, please. Like, you do get some decent pubs, bigger pubs with lounge staff and stuff like that. But can you imagine if, so that means, obviously, if there's only no more than four people every 10 square meters, that means there's not a huge amount of people are going to be fitting in loads of Irish pubs. But can you imagine the queues outside the door to get into the pub? Sweet Lord. I feel bad for the pubs. I feel bad for all of us, but, you know, we are having our own type of pub at home. That's the thing at the moment. There's a lot of drinking, a lot of home drinking going on, which in the past might be seen as not such a healthy thing. But I find my head going back. I don't know about you guys. I find my head going back into, you know, drinking at home days when, remember when you were younger, a few cans, And especially when you've got nothing on the next day, the temptation is to not just have a few cans to get that little buzz, you know? And then before you know it, you're hammered watching Coronation Street. I used to do that. I used to come home from a day of work on the building site, get absolutely hammered and watch Les Battersby on Coronation Street. It's like the the most northern soap. It's a, it's a soap TV, if you don't know what it is, over in the, the States. It's soap TV. And I used to sit there getting locked on cans of Heineken. <laughs> The temptation in this kind of, especially with the weather, like we don't have a garden, but we can get out in the extension on the roof of the back. So you're just out sunbathing. So what else would you be doing? You'd want a few cans. You want to get a bit locked. Binge drinking, baby. Here's the thing. We know that we have a problem in this country with binge drinking. When I was a kid, it wasn't a term. But anyway, we're all tempted to do it. But I decided, I decided because my other half is not from this country. And there's people listening that maybe don't even know what this term binge drinking is. There's people in countries that don't understand what the binge, what the drinking, it's not even binge drinking, it's just drinking in this country. So I decided to have a sit down and the other evening with the missus, me Portuguese missus, sit her down and have an old conversation about what her drinking background was like in Portugal. How was it different? What's her relationship to alcohol? Is she missing getting drunk? You know? In a way that it's kind of in our DNA that we do kind of miss it over here. So there we were, sitting down in the toilet, doing like like previous podcasts, sitting in the loo, having a glass of wine each, and discussing the finer points of alcohol consumption. But here's the shocking bit that I did not... Fo- wait till you hear that. I, like, genuine, you'll hear the shock in my voice when I find out some horrendous... Okay, that's a bit over the top. But at the beginning of the conversation, there were some initial revelations as to what my girlfriend was like when I first saw her drunk. But I did not expect these revelations at the end. That's so bad. But um, the thi- I will say, the thing I noticed about you the first time you were drinking, drinking in front of me was when I had to cook the roast for all of our friends. Mm. And you were kind of getting stuck, in it, stuck into the wine. And I noticed two things, and I'm going to say this honestly. Um... One is that you talk a lot more, and two, you got very horny. <laughs> I wasn't I'm expecting that go, one. I'm trying to. I, I was just. I was just saying like you talk a fo- lot. I'm trying to more. cook. A, <laughs> I'm like okay. <laughs> I'm trying to cook a roast. I'm trying to cook. A, do you remember that? But yeah, but that I'm was trying to way do the before. potatoes here. Way before what? I start drinking. 
Um, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, so you were sober then? Of course <laughs> I was. <laughs> what are you talking about? I think, uh, well, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I do. Uh, not, well, not necessarily just that afternoon, but I do remember, like, and I haven't seen you drunk that many times, but the couple of times that you have been drunk, you get horny. But anyway. Um, is that like who doesn't get horny when they're drunk or more horny or or finding things more sexy or more appealing the be- appealing <laughs> appealing I never know how to say <laughs> appealing yes you're right um, yeah beer goggles or wine goggles they call them um, that's a that's a good yeah that's a good oh, geez, you even feel that, sexier that like do you I've, yeah wow, I don't I, really I, I, I kind of lose the notion of my limits and my I'm like woohoo that's a good yeah I genuinely like think that's a good point. I just think it's that long since I've been drunk, drunk. Do you know when you go out to get drunk and you have a few beers and you are, you just feel a bit wobbly. Do you know that feeling? It's yeah. like, ooh, and you're smiley. Just when you're kind of tipsy. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the, for me, that's just yeah, that's the, the perfect point. Yeah. Um, because but then are you extra horny? Yeah, I suppose I am, yeah. I just get happy. And I just generally like talking to people in a good way, but I'd be happy to sit in the corner and just be smiling to myself. That's the kind of drunk I am. All right. A little bit. Um but yeah, I do remember you being. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe we all do get a bit hornier. I think that's why that definition says that it usually leads to. Well uh, done. You broke that down. <laughs> well done. That was hard to break that, down. <laughs> that was good social science from you there, Enish. That's genius. Have you. But the reason I wanted to ask you that was have you, take me out of the equation, had regretful sex because of alcohol? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was again, yeah, that's, who hasn't, you're about to say, yeah, 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 who hasn't. But I was thinking that earlier on, that, like, I thought, like, if it was taken from a gender perspective or a male versus female point of view, that, like, males being males, there would be no such thing as regretful sex because you had sex. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe the females do regret it a lot. But again, not, not getting drunk, you just enjoy the, but there must be something about the buzz of the alcohol, not just the taste of the beverage, that it does give you a little bit of a... It gives me a little bit of buzz and something that I've noticed uh, when I was younger, not even when I was younger, like before I was a mother, um, it was like, I think I don't really know how, when to stop. I just get like, I'm enjoying the drink and I'm just, and then you get that buzz and then you get like, or you get more chatty or mm. you're just more social or yeah. you're dancing more or you're having more fun. Yeah. And you just kind of like lose track of where you are. And I, it seems that for me, I just keep going, you know? And I have, for example, my sister, she knows when to stop. She feels like, okay, I can't go one one after this one because then I'm lost. Okay. And, and she always well, she controls. Is, I, I thought she was really bad. No, no, she's like she she knows how to control herself. Like she knows when to stop, and I'm I'm the one that I'm just like, oh, this is fun, blah blah blah, and I right, forget right. where I am, and it's like blah blah blah, you know. Yeah. So what yeah. was that story that the two of you had? Oh, <laughs> we had many stories, but that, that you'll <laughs> never be telling our daughter. I won't be like she won't be listening to this. No, <laughs> this podcast. Bad example, people. You're not to take. I, I, I genuinely think that this even if this was like um, by the standards of stories that we have people sending in and they've been drinking stories in Ireland, which is like, you know, it's it's high up on the list of binge drinking countries in the world. Yeah. This story that you're about to tell is pretty bad. 
Mine is not so bad. The, go well, on, tell us, tell us quickly. So it's just like uh, we were out uh, in the disco, blah blah, having drinks, having having fun, and this was uh, away from Lisbon, like I don't know, half an hour, forty minutes away from Lisbon. So we needed to drive, but we did. In, in the end, when we came out, we were quite drunk and we were laughing, blah blah. But we didn't want to drive back. We wanted to rest and have a sleep before we go. So we went into the room, but this was in a in a place, a little town that it was quite cold at night. So we just went into the the car, and I don't remember h- how this came up, but we literally, after I don't know how many hours, we woke up with someone knocking on the window, saying like, "Girls, you have you have the car working." So apparently we were cold. We just turned on the car, turned on the heater. So you don't even remember turning on the engine. No, and the engine was on, and we were asleep inside the car. So this is dangerous, and this is very stupid. But it was like we didn't want to be cold. I remember that. I remember that we were really cold. Um, so yeah, but I don't remember anything else. And this was like, it was daylight. But you drove by home, time. wasn't it? This was a- like, yeah, after we were like, when we woke up, this was ages after. I don't know. It must have been like 9, 10 a.m. when this happened. All right. But you were probably still drunk. as you. That's what you told we, me. Yeah, yeah. We were probably still drunk, but we yeah. weren't as drunk. Mm. So and then we drove So you shouldn't back. be driving. And nah, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. fucking, if you saw this road, because I know what she's talking about, the drive back to Lisbon, it's, you wouldn't get as bad roads on the fucking Ring of Kerry, to be honest with you. Like, it's fucking windy, in and out, up and down, like cliff edges and all that kind of shit. It's not a road you want to be. It's like a road you do. Driving it sober, it's fucking nervy enough. Yeah, it is. And And in the shitty little car that you have as well. (laughs) I know. Like, And this is not to excuse it because it was completely stupid and irresponsible. But to say that we we know that road like really well, so it's like it, it, it kind of like in so our in our drunk minds, yeah, in yeah, our drunk yeah. minds, we were like we know how we know what we're doing. But to be fair, we weren't like we probably would still accuse alcohol, but we weren't feeling drunk. You know, like you you know that you have alcohol in your system. I dr- to be fair, I drank drunk drove once, but it was like a quarter of a kilometer or half, if even that. But it, here was the stupid thing: was that I was drinking in my aunt's house. And I left my car there and we drank a lot, like a bottle of gin or something like that. And I walked half the way home and decided halfway home that I didn't want to collect my car in the morning. So I walked back to get the car and drove it back, <laughs> went back to my house. And when I got into bed, then my head started spinning, realizing how drunk I was. Oh, like, fuck. And it's weird when you're driving, you just think. You think you're fine. It's so fucking scary. It's so dangerous. Yeah, I, ha- I have a stupid story as, as well about driving uh, drunk. Because like, I used to work when I was younger at the door of a club. like Just like being a host and with a checklist. Are you that girl, were you? <laughs> and, uh, with the short skirt. No, I was like... Oh, because this was winter time. I was always with a big jacket to, to, mm-hmm. to, to my feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. A big jacket to my feet and a, and a, <laughs> a habit where you a fucking ja- nun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like I was never very like a girl I was of showing a burka. off. <laughs> no, but anyway, that's not the point. The point is that I was working that night and after work I had like a couple of drinks, nothing really special. Like I had probably, I don't know, two gin and tonics or whatever. But it was fine and I ate something before as well, like a sandwich or something like that. So I was feeling completely fine. I was just getting out of work and going home. So I got my car and I was just driving, and honestly, I wasn't drunk, but the alcohol was there. Uh, and nearly, nearly, nearly to my house, my parents' house, you know, the big church near the Jardim da Estrela? Mm-hmm. There was a massive uh, police checkpoint. checkpoint. Oh. 
and I got stopped there. What? And I accused, I don't remember at the time, I think it was, uh, what is it, five point something that you, like, that you have to, like they take your license. And I was for three months without a license, couldn't drive. You had your license taken off you? Yeah. And I, and I, and I told I, you you're a shit driver. And I, no, it's not because of that. It's because I had alcohol. It's not but because that's, of but that's, but that's been a shit driver. That's a, that's bad decisions <laughs> around surrounding driving. <laughs> Jesus I just wanted Christ. to get home after a, a, a night at work. But anyway, and, and I was doing uh, community work as well <laughs> for three months. What? You didn't tell me this. I did tell you that and you had You've exactly the me. same, the same reaction you're having now. You you. No, I told we did you. We, I you did. did not, I swear Inez. to God. You've, you, you have a child and you've done time, basically. <laughs> I wasn't time. Unbelievable. <laughs> Fucking criminal. You think that... <laughs> I can't believe this. This is unbelievable. Did your mother know about this? Yes, of course. I couldn't ri- drive for three months. What do you think? Like, oh, I don't want to drive for three months, mom. Oh, my God. I went God. to court and everything. You were in co- And do you know who helped me? Zé uh, Mariana from Twins, husband. the one. He was me. your lawyer? Yeah, because oh he's a lawyer. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is mortifying. <laughs> I can't even put this on the podcast. Like this, it's different. Like going out with a criminal. Like sometimes there will be something sexy about, like, oh, I'm I'm going out with a. But like this is just. <laughs> what it's kind not, it's of not criminal like would be sexy? Come on, me um, killing someone. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, the fucking they're all over Netflix, aren't they? Fucking like all the murderers. They get TV shows. But anyway, I'm going out with a convict. <laughs> no, I wasn't in jail. <sighs> Actually, know. I've but never you, been in jail, and I've never been to the the police station or anything. I wasn't held. Hmm. So, <laughs> sorry, I just bad. had a picture of a policeman holding it, <laughs> and you're going, "I'll do anything to get Stop, me." Stop! What do you sorry, think I am? A criminal? That's okay, what you, <laughs> <laughs> you learn something new every. Well, look, there, there well, you, you go. knew this story. I you, did not know this story. I'm not even making know, it up. I swear to God, Stephen, I told you that, and you had exactly the same reaction. Well, uh, when when did you tell me this? It wasn't that uh, that a uh, long time ago, actually. Mm, yeah. Did you put, did you email it to me? I probably asked you to put it to me in an email. <laughs> I send you this is fucking Instagram. unbelievable. Yeah, send it to hellozevopodcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> this is um. We're going to leave that there because. <sighs> Sorry about that, listeners. I'm going to have to cut this out. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. There you go. I genuinely had no idea. I, th- I like here's what's embarrassing. Like I had no idea about it. Then after we had the conversation, I was like, did we have a conversation about this already on the podcast? But then she proceeded to tell me that she did community service as well. <laughs> she is a criminal. I'm going out with a bleeding criminal. Anyway, that's her binge drinking stories. And obviously, I reached out to you guys on Instagram during the week. It's a delicate one because, you see, everybody that I reached out to has been in that situation where they have done something stupid and drunk and blah, blah, blah. But nobody wants to... <laughs> nobody wants to reveal any kind of identity. Like, I tried to push the boat out by being honest about the time that I got locked in a cupboard at a... At a 18th birthday party because everybody there was underage drinking I got locked in the cupboard when the guards came the police came to raid the the party and I was there for so long that I pissed myself and then I you know about hours later I got dragged out the back of the place that I was in but anyway I said I'd here's some stories I had to make up some fake names for it but Dave Dave sent in a message hello Dave Dave said that he was on the piss in Berlin. 
His mates went back to the hotel, so I'll read it out in, in, in first person what, what he wrote. He said, I was on the piss in Berlin. My mates went back to the hotel, but it was early and, the first time, and it was my first time in Berlin, so I thought, fuck that. Stayed out. Dangerous first decision to be making, Dave. I ended up in, at a mad rave in the catacombs somewhere. Real mad shit. Caves everywhere, and in each was a different level of mentalness. I've heard about some of these Berlin parties where, you know, you have to cover the phone. You know, that kind of stuff is going on. You're, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're, if you bring your phone in, they stick covers on the phone so that you can't use your camera or any of that kind of stuff. Which is kind of liberating a little bit, but it's liberating like for like there there's a reason they're covering the phones. I'm sure you can find some of the stuff that happens there on the internet. But I'm not saying that's the kind of place that you went to, Dave, with wearing dog collars and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, next day, woke up in this gaff, asked the person to get me a taxi, but they had no English. I had only one phrase in German, which was translated to is what is the best way to get to the train station, which is a fairly handy phrase to have in your pocket. Dave, I eventually got the right way and had to walk a few kilometers through a forest. Some bloke stopped me and asked if I was lost. I said I was a tourist. He asked me what I was doing there because no tourists ever go there. I said that loads of tourists go to Berlin. He said, you're a long way from Berlin. Hee <laughs> hee. <laughs> and he was right I was in a different district in Germany it was the equivalent of going out in Dublin and waking up in Kerry holy shit I had to get five trains to get back to Berlin that was a long day Jesus like Kerry if you're listening over in other countries Kerry from Dublin I mean I know Ireland looks tiny on the map but if you're to get from Kerry to Dublin Drive-wise, it's four hours. I have to. I've had to do it for gigs, man. It's four hours. It's a fucking long one, you know. Anyway, fucking hell. So Dave ends up like in a completely different district in Germany. Like, would you not be scared shit? And that's the thing about when you go binge drinking is like you black out. You just don't remember shit, you know. It absolutely nuts so i decided to like we did a bit of research into this into what binge drinking when we talk about binge drinking what are we actually talking about because in ireland binge drinking is one thing but you know we sorry in in the u.s binge drink is one thing but in ireland we might just call it drinking the oxford dictionary refers to it as the term of uh, binge drinking is the term defined as the consumption of an excessive amount of alcohol in one short period of time as I was saying to the missus, but in the Urban Dictionary, as I was saying, it says that it's a massive consumption of alcohol, mostly beer bullshit, which usually leads to temporary memory loss, which is what's happened to Dave there. How do you end up traveling so far away? Did you get any Did you get any information as to how you ended up there? Regretful sex. Anyway, we did some research here, and... Um, on, on binge drinking and uh, in the US the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and, Alco- and Alcoholism they actually have an institute for alcoholism wow that's impressive in 2015 they, dis- they defined binge drinking as a pattern of drinking that brings a person's blood alcohol concentration to 0.08 grams percent or above which 
if you think in terms of a gram or what a gram looks like, I'm thinking in terms of coffee terms. Now, I know what a gram of coffee looks like. Others of you listening may know what a, a different kind of gram beginning with C looks like. Here's looking at you, Dave. Anyway, to get 0.08 grams per cent, that's like, it's not even an eighth of a gram. It's like, that's tiny. You wouldn't even be able to see that. I'd say most Irish people are born with 0.08 grams per cent of alcohol in their blood. But anyway, apparently this typically happens when men consume five or more drinks and in, in about two hours and women consume four or more drinks in, in about two hours. I mean, that's just, that's the beginning of a, of a communion, you know? The latest WHO definition says so, so we have a, we have a graph here right and here is what i think is the most that the world's worst countries for binge drinking depending on your perspective of it because i genuinely think irish people will go no it's the list for the world's best binge drinking countries but here is the controversy <laughs> everybody listening in ireland is that number 1 in the world's worst uh, this is what the WHO called it. The world's worst countries for binge drinking. Number one is not Ireland. Woo! That's right. And you're thinking, who the fuck? Who the fuck? The one thing that we're good at, who's taking that away from us? It's not the Brits before you go down that road. I'll give you the top five. Fifth. So this is 2014. The, the World Health Organization did this. In fifth place, it's Finland, which is fair enough. It gets fairly fucking dark out there for a lot of the year. In fourth place is Lithuania. In third place is the Czech Republic. In second place is Ireland. And the only country that binge drinks more by uh, 1.5% more than Ireland is Austria. Yep. But anyway... Some interesting statistics. But it's funny that the whole world is watching what Ireland does with alcohol because it is such a big part of our identity. The New York Times did a piece on Ireland's public health bill in 2018. Yeah, we actually had to buy to pass an alcohol bill in 2018 here in this country that set restrictions on advertisement and uh, advertising and uh, placement of alcohol products in stores. So that was stuff like, you know, Guinness used to sponsor the, sponsor the GAA hurling championships and all that kind of stuff. And all that had to go. You can't advertise alcohol in this country anymore or alcoholic beverages. You can't do it. Why? Because we have a problem. I always found it embarrassing. When I went to go and live in the UK, if you wanted to go get alcohol from the off-license, you could do that at any time of the day and you could drink wherever you want, just not on public transport. So you could drink outside wherever you want. In Ireland, you got to get to the off-license before 10pm because they shut it down. That's a true story, everybody listening outside of Ireland. And you can't drink out in the streets. Anyway, in the 2018 alcohol bill, Ireland became the first country to bring in a bill to stop the spread of binge drinking. The bill was fiercely resisted by a number of groups representing alcohol manufacturers. Fucking hell, that's just... It's a bit crazy when you think about it. We've got an alcohol binge drinking problem, but Guinness are going, uh, no, what about the money we're making? <laughs> So all the alcohol manufacturers oppose this massively, but in the Dáil, the House of Commons in Ireland, or the, 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 the Parliament, the House of Parliament in Ireland, the bill was ultimately greeted by applause. <laughs> Fucking hell. The day the legislation passed, Health Minister Simon Harris, who I'm shocked, he's the, he's the Health Minister now, and he's, fair play to me, he's doing a half-decent job here in the middle of this pandemic. He's only fucking 33. Makes me sick. But he said... 
Ireland, we have a relationship with alcohol in this country that is not good. This will help you to change this. This bill will help to change the culture of drinking in Ireland over a period of time. I don't know, but it's true. There's this uh, this university in Scotland, the University of Ster- Stirling. They published um, this report, The Economics of the Household, where researchers asked the million-dollar question, why do the Irish drink so much? That's what people in the university were doing, <laughs> studying why we drink so much. So they found lots of lots of it. They found loads of uh, different bits and pieces about like all this stuff of like blaming the Catholic Church or blaming England or blah, blah, blah. There was... Basically, in the end, they said that it's like it's too bloody complex to be able to say. But they did do a piece in the Irish Times last year. Um, it was uh, Una Mullally in the Irish Times did a piece on it. And she's actually right. I read it there. And it's interesting because she said, we've always, and it's not just about drinking. We've always had a culture, a culture of binging. So not just an alcohol. And she's right. You think about it. I've often thought about it. When somebody is born in this country, we go drinking. But what do the kids do? The kids are in the pub as well where you're celebrating, say, a christening of a child, for example, right? But what are the kids doing? It's all about sugar. So all the adults drink the alcohol. All the kids drink red lemonade, Coke, cake, sweets, um, potato crisps, all that kind of stuff. And it's all about the celebration. The way you celebrate is binging on all that stuff. And it's fucking... It's so unhealthy for you. And I I have experienced it going to Portugal, for example, that it was just like, at these types of parties, it was just like regular food. You're kind of going, oh, where's the Skittles? <laughs> There's no Skittles, people. It's mental. But I think, as, as the fella said, everything in moderation. I do miss drinking. I do miss getting drunk a little bit. And in times like this, you do miss being like a young lad again, 18 years of age or so, or early 20s, just just going out into a field with a, with a few cans of Bulmers or whatever it is, you know? Absolutely, just chasing that buzz. It's not good for you, and we do have an unhealthy relationship with us, but it's times like this, it's fucking difficult not to think about it. And I do, like, I, like I'm terrible, even when it comes down to the sausages, even I'm, I'm binging on all that kind of stuff as well. You know, all types of food, sausages, potatoes. I know of making all those milk bread buns. It's not good for a cider, guys, is it? But fuck it. <laughs> That's what we all tell. Like, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Why not binge? It's part of our, If it's part of our culture, it's part of our culture. To binge a little bit here and there. I did go, you know, back to education there recently, as I see also on the Instagram stories, you know. I thought I was genuinely signing up for a certification in how to spice chicken wings, but it turns out all it is is that you order every Wednesday for uh, six weeks different levels of spice and you work your way through all the levels of spice. If you get to the end, you get a certificate. Ah, sure, fuck it. It's a bit of crack. Bit of binging on spice, huh? But anyway, listen, I didn't get through as much as I wanted this week, but we're out of time, unfortunately, right? But I wanted to say a huge, massive, massive thank you to Lady Gaga herself, my good friend, Elva Trill, who uh, sent in the beautiful song this week. Thank you so much for that. Thank you to our researcher on the show this week. Research this week was done by Leon Vaughn on the front porch in sunny downtown Sumter, South Carolina. Thanks so much again, Leon. Thanks so much to everybody who's joining again this week for the show and... 
we shall see you next week where we'll be covering all sorts of shenanigans, shamababums, or whatever it is. Thanks so much for coming along, guys. I'll chat to you soon. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.